Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to Crossroads. My name's Dwayne. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you come out this morning to celebrate the birth of Christ with us. We're glad you're here. Now, I hope as you guys are coming in this morning, you notice the steel going up out front. If you didn't have a chance to look at that. Now enjoy this drama that's going to show you some of the realist expectations of Christmas. Mom, hurry up. I want to open present. Almost done. Just a few more seconds. Just be patient. She's just grabbing some coffee, okay? Okay, but why does she have to take so long? I mean, she's been in there forever. It's been like three minutes. Calm yourself. Calm yourself, stupid. Hey, you're such a spaz. <gasps> just with me. Stop it, stop it. It is Christmas morning. Come on, we're not doing this. Dear, the natives are getting restless. Okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. Thank you, honey. I don't even want to think what might have happened if I haven't prepped the coffee maker and set the timer before bed last night. Nor do I. What are you so excited about anyway? You know how this is going to go. They didn't get you one. Yes, they did. It's here. I can feel it. Get what? Oh, my gosh, Dad. Seriously? New gloves? Prepare to be disappointed. Right, because Dad is the one who actually went out and bought the presents. Not likely. Besides, he's joking. Can we open gifts now? Sorry, please. Yes, thank you. Now we may begin opening gifts. <laughs> Jess, can you please hand that big one there to your father? I want him to go first. Wait, but stop. Shh, the presents aren't going anywhere. You're not the only one who's excited. I've been waiting for weeks to see the look on his face when he opens this. Do you love it? Every time I ask you to fix something around the house, you say, I don't have the tools to fix that. I'll just call a plum. <laughs> It's called plumber or contractor or whatever. But now you won't have to. Think of all the money we'll save. Do you love it? Warriors tickets. All I wanted were tickets to a Warriors game. Didn't have to be courtside. Don't have to be season tickets. I just wanted to take my family, my son, to a Warriors game or two. Do I love it? She can't be serious. I'm not handy at all. I'm the only person I know who got kicked out of my high school shop class. It's that bad. We would not save money. It would cost us double to get someone to come and fix all the things that I broke while trying to fix the original problem. I would much rather pay the expert to come out and get it right the first time as opposed to me screwing around in there like I know what's up. I don't. It's an accident waiting to happen. And, and total double standard, right? It's tools for stuff she wants me to do. If I would have got her a vacuum cleaner for Christmas, I wouldn't have heard the end of it for years if she even let me live that long. So no, I don't love it. Uh, it looks like a really nice set of tools, honey. You don't like it. No, no, I, I'm really uh, surprised. <laughs> It so, is not what I was expecting. So you like it? Mom, come on. I, it's a very practical gift, honey. Thank you. Can I open mine now, please? Jessica, you know how this goes. The last one who opens a gift gets to decide who opens the next. It's oh, dad's pick. Please, next, me next. Please, 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 please. Anyone want to go next? Please, okay. please. Anyone at all? You know you're my favorite parent. Oh, you know I'm right here. Sorry, Mom. Please, 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 please. Just shut her up already, yeah. Dad. Just yeah, yeah, take yeah. her. Jeez. What he said, what he said. What? Beth, did you catch that? I think it's a Christmas miracle our children just agreed on something. Just, just for that, go ahead. You're Thank next. you, Daddy. Love you. I oh, love you. Going for the big bag. I can feel it. Still think it's here? <laughs> Tried to warn you. Shut up, Kyle. Do you like it, honey? Uh... You remember when we were shopping at the mall a few weeks ago and you saw that cute outfit on the mannequin in the store window that you absolutely loved? Yeah. Well, I went back to get it for you, but it was way too expensive. So I went to the outlet store and got this one instead. Just as good, right? <laughs> Jess, you, we couldn't get you to be quiet a minute ago. And now that you opened the gift you were so excited about, you have nothing to say. I can't believe this. Ugh, oh, that outfit is hideous. I'll never wear that. This is not what I was excited for, obviously. Even stupid Kyle knew what I wanted. And I mean, it wasn't exactly a secret. I've been begging for months for a cell phone, and both mom and dad kept saying, waiting for Christmas, waiting for Christmas. Well, I waited. It's Christmas. And I don't think I'll be posting anything to Instagram with this. I'd die if my friends saw me in it. 
I want to Snapchat Rebecca so bad right now. I've got plenty to say, Mom, and I don't think you want to hear it. I guess I'm just speechless, Mom. Well, I'm glad you like it, honey. It's your pick. Who gets to go next? Go ahead, loser. Thanks, I guess. Oh, uh, grab that blue one there, son. Uh, this one? Yeah, that one's for me. I can tell. Thanks. Well, you got to open it before you thank me. You don't know what you're thanking me for yet. Eh? <coughs> yeah. Oh. He's clueless. No, really, look at him. He has no idea. He doesn't understand me at all. I don't play sports. I don't even like sports, and I don't want to. He wants me to. It's obvious. He's always trying to get me to join the school basketball team or play NBA 2K15 with him. But never once has he asked what I want to do, what I like. Not like it's a surprise. My room is covered in nature photography. All I ever do in my free time is squeeze the last bit of life out of my mom's old Olympus camera. We live in this beautiful world, a world beyond the basketball court, and all I want to do is see it, capture it, and share it. I wanted a new camera so bad. This is what I was trying to warn Jesse about. Every Christmas is like this. You think I'd have learned by now not to expect anything big, not to be too excited. I know my dad means well, and I know that in his way, he loves me. I just wish he loved me as much as he loves the Warriors. <laughs> He's got one thing right, though. I really don't know what I'm thanking him for. Thanks, Dad. Oh, tell you what, son. After we're done opening presents, you got to put that shirt on. We'll go outside, break in that new ball, shooting some hoops, huh? Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, you open, so who gets to go next, huh? Well, it's obviously Mom's turn. She's the only one who hasn't gone Just, yet. Just, you know it's Just your brother's. Go, Mom. Just go. Thank you, honey. Ooh, which one should I pick first? Here, open this one from Dad. How'd you know? <laughs> hmm, I wonder what this could be. Sister's gonna like this one. Yeah. Keep going, there's more. A 12 month membership to the Fitness club? I couldn't think of what to get you, and so I was trying to think back, and then I remembered you said something about wanting to lose a couple of pounds. I just thought this would be a perfect way to get you started. I was trying to think of what to get you. Well, don't hurt yourself thinking too hard. You shouldn't have had to think at all. A gym membership? Is there another one of those cards in there for you? I could kill him. Hmm. Is the sentence more harsh if you kill your husband on Christmas Day? When I tell him that he got me a stinking gym membership as a Christmas gift, what jury would convict me? I've been dropping hints for the last month. I've had these pajamas a long time. They're all worn out and full of holes. These aren't very comfortable and warm anymore. I sure would love a new robe, pajamas, slippers. Come on, Greg. The truth is, I did say I wanted to lose a few pounds. Not that I wanted to be reminded of that today. But I know he's listening. I guess he's trying, but this is not what I was expecting. This family, we love each other, but I don't know. Maybe we just don't know each other that well. Uh, uh, yeah, hon, you're right. These will definitely help me get started. I did good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, well, uh, you get to decide who goes next, hon. Hmm, who wants to open the next present? <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's do this. Uh, let's take a little break from presents. We'll eat some breakfast and come back to this later. Oh, yeah, cinnamon rolls. Actually, I thought we'd try something else this year. Craig, you didn't buy cinnamon rolls at the store? Well, I, Here we go. No, no, no. I was listening to the Warriors postgame show the other night, and a couple of the guys were talking about their favorite Christmas breakfast, and one of them sounded really good. We should try it. No cinnamon rolls? No. Cheesy bacon souffle. You're going to make a souffle? Well, I, Dad can't even make pancakes, Mom. I, what, I just... No cinnamon roll? I figured you'd probably want to make it. What? Uh, the recipe's real simple. It's on my phone. I'll go grab it. <laughs> no cinnamon rolls? 
Apparently not. All right, good morning, good morning, everybody. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, guys. It is great to see you this morning. My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so glad that you are here as we continue in our holiday series called Realistic Expectations. And this morning, we're talking about realistic expectations of Christmas. In fact, we have an outline for our message. It's a light blue sheet found in your program. Let me encourage you to open up your program, take this out, and use it to follow along. All the verses from the Bible that we're looking at today are printed there for you, and there's a place to take some notes if that is helpful for you. Now, I don't know how you felt about this drama and all the pressure of Christmas gifts, but I'm curious, how many of you have all your Christmas shopping done? Okay, can I officially say we hate you? <laughs> my expectation for Christmas is I kind of expected to have all my shopping done by now, but here's the reality. I start tomorrow. <laughs> I start tomorrow, but no worries, no worries. I have one place to go. Home Depot. A vacuum for Karen, a mop for my daughter, a leaf blower for Tim, and a new lawnmower for Grandma. And then I'm set. I'm good to go. No, you know, uh, kidding about all of that, except the vacuum cleaner. So, uh, so, hey, guys, thinking about this drama and, like, disappointment and gifts and unrealistic expectations of Christmas, I couldn't help but think about a real Christmas gift that I gave several years ago to an ex-staff member. Many of you remember Pastor Jackson, Jackson Purdue. He, stir, he, he kind of grew up in this church. He led our, one of our teams, and he started leading our student ministry. Well, when Jackson got married, that first year married uh, for Christmas, I gave him a nice Christmas present. And then to top it off, to add to his gift, I gave him a nice Starbucks card to enjoy the holidays. So I said, Merry Christmas. He goes, he's a newlywed. He's spending Christmas with his in-laws. And so he pulls out his new Starbucks car and says, hey, everybody, let's go to Starbucks. I'm treating. Goes to Starbucks, gets everybody's orders, goes up. He places his order. It's like $18. Hands the lady the card. Lady swipes the card and says, okay, that will be uh, $17.73, please. <laughs> Jack says, no, 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 use the card. Lady said, I did use the card. There was 27 cents on the card. <laughs> See, it was a gag gift. I gave him like... So it turned out even better than I expected. <laughs> Shortly after that, I think I got a text. All it said was, Paul! <laughs> so anyway, so I gave Jackson this Christmas gift. Didn't turn out quite like he expected. It left him in deficit numbers and... Uh, I think his father-in-law ended up having to pay the bill. Awesome, right? I love Christmas. Can I tell you, Christmas is my favorite time of the year. I love the lights and the trees and the decorations and the presents. I like the music and the movies. I like the food and the festivities. Most of all, I like to celebrate and focus on God's great gift of giving us his son, Jesus Christ. And yet, can I tell you, at the same time, as a pastor, as a pastor, I'm well aware that for many, Christmas is not a time of joy to the world or peace on earth. For many, it's a time of pressure and loneliness and added bills and more responsibilities. In fact, on top of your outline, I put a quote from a, a professional counselor by the name of Julie Fickle, who captures this whole idea by saying these words. While Christmas may inspire excitement and anticipation in children, it commonly triggers feelings of isolation, worry, anxiety, or stress in adults. Now, I want to ask you, why is that? I think of a lot of the disappointment and stress of Christmas is directly in proportion to our expectations. In fact, to capture this idea, I want to show you a, a picture of a friend of mine and his Christmas stocking. Take a look at this. Man, that is like the biggest stocking I've ever seen. And so many of us, that's what our Christmas expectations are like. 
We have these huge, big, oversized expectations that many times it leaves us with the letdown, feeling like the holiday didn't quite live up to the hype. I want you to take a moment with me, and I want you to think about Christmas, but in this context, I want you to think back to the very first Christmas. What do you think Christmas was like for Mary and Joseph as they celebrated the first Christmas in the little town of Bethlehem? Think about on your outline, what was it like on the very first Christmas? Do you know if you read the Christmas story from the Bible, here's what you find. First of all, Friends, there had to be some major heartbreak and disappointment for Mary and Joseph. I mean, they had their dream and plans. They were engaged. They were planning to be married. And God interrupted those plans. And you find out Mary is now pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, how do you think that went over with the family? Talk about family conflict and disagreement and and problems with the in-laws-to-be. Not only that, they had to do some travel while Mary was very pregnant. They had to deal with financial pressure of signing up to pay taxes for the census. They had to try to find lodging where there was basically no place to stay. And then when the baby came, listen to this, there weren't parents and friends around to help with the birth. They were alone. And they weren't in an ideal, sterile place to give birth. I mean, they were in a stinky stable in a manger. And can I tell you, that first Christmas, listen to me, the very first Christmas was marked by emotional frustration, family conflict, difficult travel, family financial pressure, pain and fear. That's what it was like on the first Christmas. So here's my question for you. Here's my question. If the very first Christmas was filled with pressure and problems, Why do I expect my Christmas to be perfect and peaceful? But that's what so many of us have come to expect. And if you're taking notes, would you write this down on your outline? Would you capture this? It's so important. In all the pressures, problems of Christmas, in all the pressures surrounding the first Christmas, God was working. And he was working to keep a promise. In fact, I love how Romans 1, 2, and 3 on your outline explains it this way. It says, God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. Now, would you underline, God promised this good news long ago. You see, God promised his people centuries before the birth of Christ. God promised that he would send a savior. God promised that he would deliver a deliverer, that he would give us, that he would bring a baby that would bring hope to the world. You see, if you're taking notes, write this down, capture this. I want you to understand that the real gift of Christmas is Christ. God keeping his promise to send Christ. Do you understand, friends, that Christmas is more than a holiday? It's a promise of a gift given by God. But if you take Christ out of Christmas, friends, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. You're going to have all these expectations that a holiday just can't bring. Do you understand? A holiday can't bring harmony to your home. A holiday can't bring peace on earth. A holiday can't bring you true happiness, but Christ can. Christ can can bring you all that and more. And this is what you're longing for. This is the real hope of your heart. See, you're not longing for Christmas. Your heart is longing for Christ. It's not about merriment. It's about the Messiah, God's promise. It's not about finding goodwill. It's about you finding a relationship with God. And it's not about getting all the right presents. It's about experiencing the presence of God alive in your heart. That's what Christmas is really all about. That's that's what God delivered on the very first Christmas. In fact, can I announce to you the same announcement that the angel gave on the first Christmas? Look on your outline in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. 
I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Would you underline that phrase, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. You see, the real gift of Christmas is Christ. And he came to bring you joy and salvation and to be your Lord. But here's, but, but I, I, I just got to drive this home because we're talking about realistic expectations. See, there's so much misunderstanding about the gift of Christ. Let me, let me see if I can explain this misunderstanding about gifts. Let me see if I explain it this way. Do you remember the story about the three wealthy sons? They wanted to give their elderly mother a wonderful Christmas present. So the first wealthy son, he buys his, his mom a mansion in the hills. Well, the second son, not to be outdone, he buys his mom a brand new Mercedes with a personal driver. Well, the third wealthy son, not to be outdone, said, hey, guys, I got you beat. You all know how mom loves to read her Bible. Now she's getting older. Her eyes aren't so good. So I went out and I found a parrot that can recite the whole Bible. It took elders in the church 12 years to train this parrot. All mom has to do is, is ask for chapter and verse, and the parrot will recite it perfectly. And so uh, that's what I got mom. It's like a one-in-a-lifetime gift. Uh, cost millions of dollars, but I know mom's going to love it. So they gave the mom the Christmas present, and the mom, being the classy lady that she is, she wrote each son a little thank-you note for her present. She wrote to the first son, Dear George, the house you built me is nice, but it's too big. I only live in one room now, and now I have to clean the whole mansion. Thanks anyways. Then she wrote, Dear Billy, the car you sent me is really comfortable, but I'm too old to travel, and I stay home most of the time, so I rarely use the Mercedes. And that driver is so rude. Then her third letter, Dearest Donald, you have always been my favorite son. You have the good sense to know what mother likes best. The chicken you sent me was delicious. <laughs> I, I, I think the joke I told was so bad, the band's coming to kick me off stage. As the band sets up for a special song they're going to sing, can I tell you this? I told that joke because that's what a lot of people do with the God's gift of Christmas. We have this amazing gift from God that came at great expense, but we end up misunderstanding it, misusing it. And then it never lives up for, to our expectations of what we thought it would be, and we end up disappointed. But can I tell you this morning, if you really open up your heart to receive God's gift of Christ into your life, it won't disappoint you. It will delight you. You won't be disappointed with God, what God brings through that gift because it will fill your, your life with hope. It will fill your heart with love. It will make all the difference in the world. And so I've asked the band to sing about this gift. They're going to tell us the Christmas story through music. And then after they sing, I'm going to come back and I'm going to unwrap this gift and I'm going to tell you what you can really expect for Christmas this year. So enjoy this song. Thank you, everybody. Amen. Amen. What do you say to a song like that? Hallelujah, right? Guys, when I think about the real gift of Christmas, that God sent Christ, and when I think about what Christ accomplished by coming to be, being born in a manger and growing up and living and dying, rise again, there's something in my soul that just cries out, hallelujah. And I want to tell you, I can't, I can't promise you that you won't have stress or pressure or problems or conflict or family issues, but I can tell you what you can expect from Christ this Christmas. Like if you'll receive the gift of Christ in your heart there on your outline, do you know what you can expect? First of all, when I receive Christ, when I receive God's gift of Christ at Christmas, number one, I can expect forgiveness for my failures. Forgiveness for all my failures. 
Man, this is so key. Do you know in Matthew one twenty one from the Christmas story, the angel Gabriel announced to Joseph, he said, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will what? Save his people from their sins. You see, the story of Christmas is not just that Jesus came to be born in a manger. It's not just a story about a baby. See, Jesus didn't just stay in the manger. He grew up. He lived a perfect, sinless life, and then he went from the cradle to the cross. He died in our place for our sins. In fact, Romans 6.23 explains it this way. Look at this verse on your outline. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Would you underline that phrase, the wages of sin is death? What this means is that the penalty, what we earn for our sinful actions, is death. And the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all failed to follow God's laws perfectly, and the truth is we are all guilty. Now, according to God's laws, the penalty for our sin is death. And yet, friends, you understand God loved you so much, he didn't want you to die. God wanted a relationship with you so badly, he didn't want you to be separated from him for all eternity. So what he did is he gave Christ to be your gift. So you wouldn't have to die. He sent Christ to die in your place. You see, he sent Jesus to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself. Christ paid the penalty by dying in your place on the cross. And, and that's why I love this quote from, from Billy Graham on the, on the bottom of your outline that says this. The very purpose of Christ coming in the world was that he might offer up his life a sacrifice for the sins of men. He came to die. This is the heart of Christmas. Now, let me see how you say, you know, we don't have people dying on the cross in our generation. We don't see that often. And sometimes we don't connect with that sacrifice, with that price paid. So let me see if I can give you an, an analogy, an example of maybe that help you understand like a price being paid on your behalf. I want you to picture it this way. Man, you're, you're under financial pressure. You're struggling to, meet, to make ends meet. And then Christmas comes and now it's more pressure to get gifts and buy food and decorations and to do all that. And you already, you man, you've already maxed out your, your credit cards. In fact, I'm curious, how many of you here have ever maxed out a credit card? Like, well, don't raise your hand. We, but man, I've been there. I've been, I've, I've felt that pressure. Man, I've, I've been, had some financial problems in my life. So you're overwhelmed, you're under financial pressure, and you're wondering, how am I going to make it through Christmas this year when all of a sudden your dad comes over and your dad says, hey, you know, for Christmas, I want, this year I want to give you a special Christmas present, but you have to choose. You can either choose a new tie or I'll buy you a quality fruitcake or I'll pay off all your credit card debt so you can have a brand new start. Now, guys, I don't know about you, but I rarely wear a tie. I don't even like fruitcake. I'm going for the credit cards, right? Can I get an amen? amen? Well, do you understand? That's what your Father in heaven has done on your behalf. Here's the connection. Because the wages, the cost of sin is death, what sin does is it creates a spiritual debt that it's so deep and so serious that no matter how hard you tried on your own, no matter how much overtime you tried to work out, you can never pay off the debt on your own. And God's gift at Christmas is he sent Christ to pay off your debt. Only this payoff, man, it costs your father in heaven. It cost him his life savings because it cost him the very life of his son who died in your place. Now, here's the deal. You have to choose. You have to choose to receive the Father's gifts for yourself. It's not just enough to know about the gift. To know, you have to say, yeah, I know the Christmas story. Yeah, Jesus 
was born in a manger, and he came. He's, it's not just to know that there is a gift that was bought and paid for and wrapped and presented in love. Friends, the gift is not yours until what? Until you reach out and receive the gift for yourself. And I hope you will. I pray you will, your Father in heaven, out of his great love for you, he prepared the gift of Christ but that gift of forgiveness for all your failures, it's not yours until you receive it for yourself. But can I tell you, when you do, when you know that you have been forgiven of all your sins and screw-ups, when you know that you know that you know that you are clean and clear with God, man, it does something on a soul level. Man, it does something. It brings, Here's the result in your soul. When you know you're forgiven, all is merry and bright, right? You feel light. You feel free. You feel confident. On the back of your outline, I love how Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 7 says it this way. It says, let us praise God for the free gift he gave us in his son. We are free. Our sins are what? Forgiven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's what you can expect from the gift of Christ. You can expect forgiveness for all your failures. Secondly, can you write this down? You can expect God's power for your problems. You can expect God's power for my problems. Love how Matthew one twenty three in your outline tells us that when you receive God's gift of Christ for Christmas, here's what you get. It says it this way. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Would you underline that phrase, God with us? You know, there's another way to say that. You might want to write this down. God with us. It's just, just a new way of saying this way, that Jesus is God with a bod. My daughter taught me that one. That's good, right? Jesus is God with a bod. He's like God with skin. He's like God up close and personal. You see, many people ask at Christmas time, like, why did Jesus come as a baby? Because think about it, friends. Most kings, when they arrive on the scene, they arrive with pomp and circumstance and power so that you will follow them out of fear. But Jesus came as a baby. He grew up in humble circumstances so that you can learn to follow him as a friend and love him as your Lord. He's the God who came near so that you could know him and love him and have a real relationship with him. He's Emmanuel, God with you. Now, can I tell you, here's how it relates to our problems. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, I've had a lot of problems in my life. I had some family problems growing up in a dysfunctional home. I had some emotional problems with anger and defensiveness issues. I had some substance abuse problems with alcohol as a teenager. Friends, I'm married. Enough said, right? <laughs> 25, I've had some marriage problems. I'm a parent with teenagers. Enough said, right? I've had some parenting problems. I've had some financial problems, some work problems. I had some math problems. That's for our high school students who, like me, happen to hate math. You know that? Those are the, the worst can I tell you, when it came to fixing my problems, I needed more than just a book to read or a pill to take or a principle to live by. When it comes to overcoming my problems, I, I need a person who will walk with me and talk with me and give me guidance and encouragement and strength and hope. And when I accepted God's gift of Christ into my heart, friends, I got all that and more. Do you know that hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born, God made a promise that he was going to send a gift. And on your outline in Isaiah 6, 9, man, it tells us what this gift would do and what this gift would be for us. In fact, look on your outline. Isaiah 6, 9 talks about the gift this way. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, would you underline 
that, that last part, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Can I tell you, Jesus has become all those things for me personally. And he wants to be that for you. And when it comes to dealing with your problems, can I tell you, Jesus has been my wonderful counselor. Like he's given me guidance and direction to overcome my problems. He's been my mighty God. Not my genie in a lamp who just poof makes my problems magically disappear. But my mighty God who gives me courage and strength to face my problems head on. He's been my everlasting father means, man, I've been following Christ for 30 plus years. He's never left me. He's never abandoned me. He's always been there for me. And he's my prince of peace. Man, I have God's peace to guard my heart and mind knowing that nothing I'm going to face in this life together with God doesn't mean my life's going to be easy. Doesn't mean that there won't be pressures and problems and stresses, but I have the peace of God knowing that together with God, I can handle anything in life, come what may. See, Christmas is a promise that God's going to give you a gift. And this gift is forgiveness for your failures. It's power for your problems. And the last one is my favorite. Would you write this down? You can expect through God's gift of Christmas, here's the promise, a home in heaven. A home in heaven. You know, I heard the story one time of a Pentecostal pastor. And man, that dude was on fire. I mean, he was preaching his heart out and he was preaching on heaven. And he was working the crowd. He was getting them all into the message. And he ended his message. He said, I want to ask everyone here today, how many of you want to go to heaven? Raise your hand. And everyone in the car, everyone's hand went up except for one guy sitting on the front row. And he's just sitting there, and the pastor kind of looked at him and said, said, let me say it again. How many of you sitting here today? How many of you want to go to heaven? Raise your hand. Everybody raised their hand except for that one guy sitting there. Pastor looked at him and said, sir, you mean to tell me when you die, you don't want to go to heaven? He said, sure I do when I die. But you're so excited. I thought you were getting a group ready to go right now. <laughs> Here's the deal. Like, right now, guys. Man, right now, life, our life right now, friends, it's a gift. It's, it's a joy. But can I tell you, it's also a blink, a mist, a veil. It's going to go by quickly. And can I tell you, can I remind you, the statistics on death are quite impressive. 10 out of 10 people die every time. And there will come a day for you and for me where we will die. But when we do, that's not all she wrote. See, God prepared this perfect place, and it's called heaven. And it's a gift. You know, so many of us, we put so much energy and effort into getting ready for Christmas. But Jesus said, no, you should put your energy and effort into getting ready for eternity. Back look at what Jesus said in John 6, 27. On your outline, Jesus said these words. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that I, the Son of Man, can give you. For God has sent me for that very purpose. Do you know that's why Jesus came in the first place? He came to bring us the gift of eternal life. The promise of a home in heaven. You know, as I've been preparing this message, I, I, I just can't help but stop and think, man, 14 families. 14 families this Christmas in San Bernardino. There's no joy to the world for them. There's no peace on earth. There's no happiness and celebration. I can guarantee you that for those 14 families facing the worst loss there's no Christmas gift you can give them that's going to make their pain go away or to make them feel better. I don't care if you buy them a brand new iPhone 6S Plus. I don't care if you buy them a brand new Lexus with a big red bow on the top. I don't care if you go to Jared's. Buy them some, some diamonds. There's no gift that you can give them that will bring peace and joy except if somehow, by some miracle, 
you can bring life back to their loved ones. If somehow, by some miracle, you can give them back to their families and friends, do you understand? Ultimately, that's the real gift of Christmas. One of my favorite verses from the Bible that really ministered to me after the loss of my mom from a sudden heart attack. In fact, I shared this verse at her funeral. It's 2 Corinthians 5.1 on your outline. It says this, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. Would you underline this phrase, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself. You see, see the, the real miracle, the real gift of Christmas is God gave us his son to live with us so that we can overcome our problems, to die for us on the cross so that we can be forgiven, and to resurrect from the dead so that we can have eternal life, a home in heaven. Now again, can I tell you as your pastor, I know that for many what makes the holidays so hard is when you're dealing with the loss of a loved one. And if that's you today, if you've lost a loved one this year, I want to tell you I get it. Man, I I know firsthand what it's like. And I want to encourage you. You know, your, your joy and your peace will not be found here. It will only be found here. It will be found by focusing on the real gift of Christmas, that God sent his son so that we could have the real hope of heaven. In fact, the very year my mom passed away, someone sent me this poem, and it meant so much to me that I'd like to share it with you now. It's called, My First Christmas in Heaven. And it reads like this. I see the countless Christmas trees around the world below with tiny lights like heaven stars reflecting in the snow. The sight is so spectacular. Please wipe away that tear for I'm spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. Oh, I hear the many Christmas songs that people hold so dear, but the sounds of music can't compare with the Christmas choirs up here. For I have no words to tell you the joy their verses, their voices bring, for it's beyond description to hear an angel sing. Can't tell you of the splendor or the peace here in this place. Can you imagine Christmas with our Savior face to face? I'll ask him to light your spirit as I tell him of your love. So pray for one another and lift your eyes above. Please let your heart be joyful and let your spirit sing for spending Christmas in heaven. I'm walking with the king. I know how much you miss me. I've seen the pain inside your heart, but I'm really not that far away and we really aren't apart. So be happy for me, loved ones. I know you you, and know I hold you dear. And be glad I'm spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. I'll send you each a special gift from my heavenly home above. I'll send you each a memory of my undying love. After all, love is the gift more precious than pure gold. It's always most important in the stories Jesus told. Please love and keep each other as our Father said to do. For I can't count the blessings or the love he has for you. So have a Merry Christmas and wipe away that tear. Remember, I'm spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. Friends, that's, that's the secret. That's the way that you have a happy and hope-filled Christmas. You spend it with Jesus. In fact, on your outline, can I just remind you that the way you spend Christmas is far more important than how much. In fact, I'd like to give you two quick suggestions on how to have a happy, hope-filled Christmas. And the first one is simply this. Give Christ first place in your Christmas. Give him first place in your Christmas. 
I think the heart of the Christmas story is found on your outline in Luke 2, verses 6 and 7. It says this, While they were in Bethlehem, the time came for Mary to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there wasn't any room for them in the inn. Do you know every time I read this story, I can't help it. I always think of the innkeeper. I always think like, man, if that dude would have only known who was being born. I don't care who was staying in his hotel. They're out. Man, if he knew that Jesus Christ, God's son, the king of kings, Lord of lords, was being born, surely he would have, he would have not only made room, he would have gave his best room for the king. But he didn't know. But friends, you do. I do. But many times we're like the innkeeper. We kind of just, too much going on, too busy, too distracted. We kind of push Jesus to the side. Friends, if you want to have a happy, hope-filled Christmas, it's not just going to happen by accident. You've got to get intentional. Because there's too much pulling at you. Too much being, it's, it's too fast and furious and crazy. You've got to slow down and say, time out. I'm going to make sure I give Jesus Christ first place in my Christmas. Can I give you a couple suggestions on how to do that? First one is, is, congratulations, you're doing it right now. Like, make time to worship with your church family, to come back to the core of Christmas and reflect and remember God's great love and gift for you. Second thing I would suggest is read the Christmas story from the Bible. If you don't know where that's at in the Bible, write this down. Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. You know, we, we've had the most, to me, the most important Christmas tradition for my whole family is on Christmas morning, we, sit, we all sit by the tree with the kids, and before we dive into all the gifts, man, we open up our Bible. And we read the Christmas story and then we say a little prayer thanking Jesus for coming just for us. We say the first gift and the most important gift of Christmas is Jesus Christ. And it helps us keep him first in our Christmas. Next thing I would suggest, I heard some families, they actually, I mean, they really go for it. And they throw a birthday party for Jesus. I mean, they bake a cake, they sing happy birthday, and they give gifts to Jesus. That's why as a church family, we do that every year. We give a birthday present to Jesus. And I have the great honor of sharing with you what that gift was. So uh, take a look on the screen behind me and be ready to celebrate. Check this out. That's how much. Look around this room. That's how much we gave together as a family, to help people in need and to make sure that the gospel is seen and heard with our Sight and Sun Fund for our new building. And can I tell you, that's just a number, but I want you to hear, I want you to hear the difference this makes. So many people, we sent out, I think, close to 40, 50 families. Here's just one family that responded to a gift the church sent them. She writes, my husband and I received a monetary gift from Crossroads this week that we're just speechless about. We wanted to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your generosity and kindness. We have not purchased any Christmas gifts yet because we weren't sure if we'd be able to afford it. But we were okay with that since we know the real reason we're celebrating. However, we are beyond thrilled to go shopping this weekend and purchase a couple gifts for our children. Again, thank you so much for showering us with God's love. We can't wait to pay it forward as well. God bless. Can I tell you, this is, man, that's the gift of Christmas right there. Man, if you want to have a happy, hope-filled Christmas, give Christ first place in your Christmas. And secondly, write this down, even more important, give Christ first place in your heart. In your heart. Oh, I, I, I love this because here's the deal, friends. You're not going to find God's gift under your tree until it's alive in your heart. Kind of like the little story of the little girl who's kind of sick, and she's going to the doctor because she thinks she needs a shot, and she's really scared. 
She's nervous and she's clinging to her mom and the doctor's trying to help her relax. And so the doctor's really good with children. So the doctor kneels down with his little flashlight and looks in the girl's ear and says, oh, hey, honey, I think I see Big Bird in there. The girl's still nervous, doesn't say anything. She says, well, why don't you open up your mouth, honey? Looks in there, shines the light and says, oh, I think I see Cookie Monster down there. Girl's still kind of nervous. Doctor takes the stethoscope, warms it up, puts it on the little girl's heart and says, oh, guess what, honey? I hear Elmo in there. And then the girl finally smiles for a bit and says, no, doctor, Jesus is in my heart. Elmo's on my underwear. <laughs> but, hey, I tell that because, do you know the gift of Christmas? It's so simple, even a four-year-old girl can understand that the gift of Christmas is allowing Christ to come live in your heart, to come live in your heart. And when you open up your heart to who Jesus really is, your Savior and your Lord, when you do that, here's what you can expect. Jesus will forgive your sins because he already paid for them on the cross. He'll give you the power to face your problems because he'll come live inside of you and he'll give you the gift of eternal life, heaven forever. It all comes down to will you choose to receive the gift. I love how the last verse on your outline says it this way. Ephesians 3.17 says this, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. And I want to give you a chance to do that right now as we pray together. Would you bow in prayer with me? In the spirit, the true spirit of Christmas, remembering It's God's gift of Christ. Would you pray this prayer in your heart? Would you just say, Dear Father God, thank you for keeping your promise to send a Savior. Thank you for sending Christ as my Christmas gift. Would you say, I want to receive your gift by putting my faith and trust in Jesus who really lived, died, and rose again. You say, Jesus, I want to receive the gift of your presence by asking you to come and live in my heart. Jesus, I want to receive the gift of your forgiveness for my many sins. I realize that gift was paid for by your death on the cross. And I want to receive your gift of eternal life promised by your resurrection. I trust that you have the power to raise me up And bring me to heaven when I die. Jesus, you have given me such an amazing Christmas gift. I give you my heart and my love back to you. Merry Christmas, Jesus. Amen. Amen.